we're being honest, most people don't know exactly what they're supposed to do. There are some people who know, good for them. I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. What about everyone else yeah. who thought they were doing this and fell out of love? Who thought they were going to do that and they got laid off? Yeah. Life happens, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that people felt like, ooh, relieved. That, mm-hmm. no, I don't think you're meant to do just one thing. No, yeah. I don't think you have to find it like a magical Easter egg. Oh and I my. don't believe and I don't believe there's one passion per person. Welcome to She Speaks How She Does It, a podcast about inspiring women to speak up and be heard. I'm your host, Aliza Freud, the founder and CEO of She Speaks. Each week, we give an amazing woman the platform to share their knowledge and advice on a topic impacting women while sharing insights from our community of quarter of a million women. Listen in each week to be inspired to speak up and be heard. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're all having a wonderful week so far. So today's episode is one that is for you if you're a person who has thought to yourself, am I following my passion? What is my passion? Have I found my passion? We live in a country, in the United States, if you're in the US and you're listening to this, that has an enormous amount of focus and emphasis on the idea of finding your passion. And today's guest, Terry Trespicchio, has a TED Talk that went viral, has over 7 million views, and it's called Stop Searching for Your Passion. She has followed that up with a book called Unfollow Your Passion. And when she and I chatted uh, and for this conversation, light bulbs went off for me because I am definitely one of those people who has thought, you know, what am I passionate about? Am I following my passion over the years? And one of th- one of the things we talk about during this conversation is how do you actually move beyond this idea of what is the thing I'm passionate about to actually go and find something that you really enjoy without that added pressure of, oh my gosh, is this my passion? And it is a reevaluation of of how we think about it. And that many of us feels just stuck. We get stuck. We are in this loop of like, well, I can't find what I'm passionate about. Am I going to find, I want to find that absolutely perfect job. I want to find that absolutely perfect person. Instead of focusing on that, what you really need to do is have momentum. You need to take action and move forward. And that might be just trying something, trying a uh, a hobby or a job or something that you're not sure if it's 100% the thing that you're passionate about. As I said at the top, if you are someone who has really grappled with this idea of finding your passion, then this hopefully will be something that is useful to you and a different way to think about how to move forward and find something that you really like to do. So with that, we're going to jump right into it. Here we go. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, okay, we have to first talk about your TED Talk, which has now been viewed by over 7 million people. Yeah. I kind of have to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, we have to talk about that because there's, there's great advice in it. I mean, and it's such a logical, it's one of those things. And this is one of the beauties of, of, I think of, of Ted talks is it's people who have these really smart ideas, but they talk, they, they talk about it in the context of how it relates 
to lots of people. And that's why I think why you've had over 7 million views, because you touched on something that is so important. So can we just, can you talk a little yeah. bit about the, the, the TED talk is called stop searching for your passion. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to that and then what the talk was about? Yeah. I mean, that talk kind of put me on the map in a lot of ways, and I had no way that's what it was about. It's not like I had been studying this and thinking about this for years. Uh, it was quite the opposite. I was a, a public speaker who had dreamed of doing a TEDx event and had no idea. I thought, there's no way I'm qualified. Don't they just have NASA scientists? I mean, seven, you know, seven years ago now, mm -hmm. almost eight. Um, and so I was like, oh, whatever. I don't know how you'd ever get on that stage. But an opportunity came up. Mm -hmm. So lest you think that I had the idea and was shopping it around, I was not. Mm -hmm. The opportunity to do the TEDx event came up before I had the idea fully fleshed out. And mm -hmm. someone said, hey, someone dropped out of this TEDx lineup. Do you want to throw your hat in the ring? And I was like, yeah. So I got on with the uh, event organizer and he was like, so do you have a TED talk in you? And I go, yeah, I think I have a couple ideas, but I did not have this fleshed out idea. But he was in a bit of a squeeze because it was six weeks till the event. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I hate, there were, I said, there are twin ideas at the root of a lot of our discomfort and struggle with career and life. And I said, it's this pressure to search for your passion, to find your passion, and the idea of fate. So mm -hmm. we had originally talked about the two ideas together, how this idea, I was meant to do this. I was mm -hmm. fated to do that. I never liked either of those ideas. Mm -hmm. And then we realized we only had room to talk about one and do it justice. So mm -hmm. we went with the passion because I said, you know, I really hate when people say follow your passion. I just, it's not helpful. He's mm -hmm. like, well, what are you supposed to do instead? I said, I don't know. I said, I got to, I got to write it. I mm -hmm. don't know something until I write it. He goes, well, start writing it and talk to me tomorrow. And then the next day he said, talk to me tomorrow again. Show me where you're going with this. He needed to know that there was a there there. Yeah. You can't just go on TED stage and say, I hate this, don't you? You need to have an idea of what it would be. Yeah. But I was pushing myself and pushing the ideas. But why that, why that landed for him and ultimately for more than 7 million people is because I took a sacred cow. I took the sacred idea. Oh, I should only have to do what I'm passionate about. Fine. So what does that mean? It means you're supposed to know what it is. Mm. I had no idea. And I said, mm -hmm. the reason this talk has done so well is because if we're being honest, most people don't know exactly what they're supposed to do. There are some people who know, good for them. I'm happy for them. Mm -hmm. What about everyone else yeah. who thought they were doing this and fell out of love, who thought they were going to do that and they got laid off? Yeah. Life happens, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that people felt like, ooh, relieved. That, mm -hmm. no, I don't think you're meant to do just one thing. No, yeah. I don't think you have to find it like a magical Easter egg. Oh and I don't, believe, and mm. I don't believe there's one passion per person. I think no. we have the capacity to do a lot more than we realize. Yeah. Oh, my God. I As you're talking, Terry, I'm thinking to myself, it's so similar to things that I have told. Like, you know, I have several friends who are either divorced or widowed, and I have always said that, you know, I don't believe that there's just one soulmate. I believe that we yeah. have many chances to find somebody that makes sense for us. And you think about it because I think about passion and you can talk about that as it relates to finding the love of your life, let's That's say. Right. And we are such a society that talks about, oh, soulmates and love of our life. And yes. I think you can have multiple. You've I think just, you can You've have landed on a very hot 
wire here because that's exactly it. We have, and I believe this for women in particular, which is why I think the passion advice is so dangerous and insidious actually, mm -hmm. because the idea, we all know that we were raised with these fairy tales of like, there's mm -hmm. one person he's going to sweep you off your feet and he's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We were sold a bill of goods. That was not really how life mm -hmm. pans out. Maybe yep. ever. But we have, in my mind, transplanted the prince of this fairy tale life with passion. And, mm -hmm. and so we think we're so feminist and so independent. We, oh, I don't need a man, but I need to find my one thing I'm going to do. I'm like, how is that different from finding the one husband or wife or partner or whomever? Mm -hmm. That idea that there's just one tends to put a kind of pressure that need not be there. Your friends mm -hmm. who were married for a while, maybe those were great years for a while and they weren't so great and it's time to move on. Yeah. In my, I do some stand-up. I've done stand-up comedy in my career just for fun, really, and as a speaker tool. But I have yeah. done it at yeah. some clubs and stood up and t terrified myself. And one of the jokes I always said is, what is the sign of a successful relationship in our culture? That you die while you're still in it. Mm. If, you, if you outlive your relationship, I guess the relationship failed. Well, I'd rather survive a relationship than have to die while I'm in it so that it reads like it was great. Yeah. Uh, some people yeah. have lifelong, wonderful relationships. Again, yeah. good for you. Yeah. What about everyone else who thought they'd be married to that person forever and it doesn't yes. work out? Maybe yes. you're also not meant to be an accountant forever. Mm -hmm. We're living a long time these days. Yes. Okay. So this is something I would like, I want to have you go into in, in greater detail because I think this concept for people of the one passion, the one, like, what is my passion? Because, you know, everyone, there's so much advice out there of, Go find your passion. Go live your passion. What does that go even mean? Exactly. So it means nothing. Yeah. Well, can you talk about the point that you make and you talk about this in the TED Talk and then you had a book that you followed up with called Unfollow Your Passion, which I want to talk about the book. Mm -hmm. the, the idea that you are going to find that one thing. You said um, you, in the TED Talk, you talk about how you kept being worried about like, should I take this job? What job? Oh, when I couldn't take starting. any job. I couldn't take it. I couldn't commit to anything. Yeah. So, so your mother gave you great advice and you, I, I want to say two things that you said in the talk that I just want to quickly sure. reread here. One is you said, passion is not a plan. It's a feeling. And you also said you, your, that your mother told you when you were striving to find that right job, what's the right job I should take? She said to you, you don't create your life first and then live it. You create your life by living it, not agonizing over it. Can you talk about what that means? Basically, she gave me the gift of a lifetime because mm -hmm. she put that idea in my head and I am now spending my life trying to get it into other people's heads, not because they should do what I think they should do, but because mm -hmm. they're not giving themselves a chance at all. Yeah. I thought I was supposed to know something. I've always mm -hmm. actually had a my Achilles heel, my insecurity is that uh, I missed something and that I was supposed to know something I don't know and um, that I'm the dumbest one in the room or I'm ignorant. I have this fear. It's yeah. it, it, Everyone has one of those fears, yes. right, of something. Yes. And so my fear was I was supposed to pick a thing. I don't know. What was I supposed to do? And my mom's like, no one knows. Like, they're just all doing things. But you need a job because you need to leave the house and you yeah. need to meet people and you need to start to forge some kind of life. Yes. And I turned down a job as a media buyer at a perfectly nice company. I went and met with them. And they're like, we'd love to have you join our team. They were like the sweetest. Nope. Nope. I said, no. My mom goes, why didn't you take the job? I said, uh, I can't. I, 
because I don't know if I'm going to be a media buyer. And then if I take the job, I'm going to be a media buyer forever. She's like, you're not going to be a media buyer forever. I was like, but then I'll be stuck. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, what's my perfect life? I was absolutely rigid with fear. Mm -hmm. And if I could go back, would I have taken that job? I eventually took a job as an executive assistant at an office so mm -hmm. that I could just have a place to go and learn what it is to be in the world of work which mm -hmm. taught me everything. Once I got that job, I was not passionate about it because I didn't even know what it is. They were in management consulting. I had no idea what that meant. I was 20 <laughs> years old. I had no idea what anything meant. I didn't know. I worked for a guy who had like these famous CEOs, famous. They're like, can you talk to so-and-so at Terranine and look him up and, and the guy at GE? Like, I was like, okay. I had no idea. I had the keys to the kingdom here. Mm. It didn't matter. Mm. I was turned on by that job. Yes. People were waiting for me and they depended on me. And I started to see myself as a contributing member of adult society, which really helped, really helped. Yes. So it didn't matter what the job was. That's why yeah. this idea of like, well, it's gotta be perfect. I don't yeah. know if anyone's done any dating. Yeah. I'm not married. I am in a relationship now, but I've done a lot of dating. Do you think you're going to wait till you find the perfect person to start dating? You're going to date a lot of jerks. Mm. That's what life is. And yes. you learn who you are. In yeah. response to the jerks, and you'll yeah. have some jobs you don't like too. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think that that this idea of the passion, and you talk about you've talked about this before, is that it's you. It's almost like we start. We think we we're sitting around thinking, "What's my passion? What is it? I don't like. I don't know." But it's almost like when you start. Mm -hmm doing something. It's like inertia, right? Yes. In motion tend to stay in motion. Yeah. When you start to do something. We, we get so much insight. What, okay. What about this? Do I really like, what about this? Do I really not like, and it's unbelievable how that can be so informative into then what do you want to do? What is yeah. it that I want to spend my time doing? How and do we know? Try. Right. How you have know? to try something. When I was starting out in the 90s, the job of content producer did not exist. No. There was no internet. There was nothing. No. Now, if I were growing up now, mm -hmm. I might really like that job, but it didn't exist. So I did another job and I discovered in doing the job, whatever the job is, you might realize what problems you love solving that you didn't know existed. So mm -hmm. when people go, well, when I was a kid, I was wanting to do this. I'm like, when you were a kid... You thought you might be a teacher or an astronaut. I'm not yeah. consulting my seven-year-old self for career advice. Yes. You have to go out and explore some things uh, and discover, oh my God, I, you know what I loved? Mm. Turns out I love doing X, Y, Z, but I didn't know it existed until I did it. You mm. got to put yourself in somewhere. You got to plug into something. You know, oh you don't go God. like, what's my favorite electricity? I don't know. Find an outlet. See what it feels like to have electricity running through you. You mm. can't sit here with an unplugged life wondering what you're supposed to choose. You got to yes. get in there. Yes, exactly. And you know, it's interesting that you said that about your seven-year-old self, because I think to myself, a lot of these books or these uh, gurus that talk about finding your passion, they say, go back. Go back. Why? Think about I what anything. the young version of you wanted. Like, the young version of me, I thought I was going to be an Olympic gymnast. And I, know, I was right? like, way too tall for it and way too heavy for it. There was no way I was going to be an Olympic gymnast. Why on earth would I let that 10-year-old version of me drive the car? Right? And that's, the that why itself doesn't say, you know, it would be really fly if I could be an account services manager. Yeah. But if you find 100 account service managers... Mm -hmm. and talk to them, be like, what's the most fun part of your job? What do you love about? What do you hate about it? Yeah, It has far more to do with the people. 
than mm. it has to do with the job. So when people yes. start looking at um, what are the job requirements or what are the job, the tasks, that's mm -hmm. like when people would pick a college based on how many books do you have in the library. Mm -hmm. You don't need all the books. You only need the books that you want. <laughs> like this external choosing. Yes. You don't know till you get in there. Plus, you could have a series of jobs you don't love and meet some amazing people. And guess what you'll do? Follow them around. Yes. Let them pick you up and see you at your best and go, hey, I'm going to do a startup. Do you want to come over here? Any, ask any person. They could never have planned what happened. I couldn't have planned what happened. Mm -hmm. But each time you see what are opportunities, what might I like to try? Hi, everyone. Just a quick break to say that if you're enjoying this episode or you have suggestions, please consider leaving us a review where you listen to the podcast and also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. We would also love for you to consider joining the She Speaks community. It's free to join and you'll get the chance to have first access to surveys, giveaways, product reviews, sampling opportunities, and great content like this podcast. Visit SheSpeaks.com to join and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at SheSpeaksUp. Now, back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about when you talk in the book about unsubscribing from your old beliefs um, as the first step to taking a new journey what advice do you have for letting go of old ideas and getting used to being uncomfortable? I think we should also talk about, because I have a pretty controversial stance on comfort zones too, that okay, I, don't strive to, I don't strive to be uncomfortable. I don't think anyone should. So no. when people go, get comfortable being uncomfortable, or you know, when people are like, you, know, you should get out of your comfort zone. I go, no, you should get out of mine because you are in my mm. comfort zone and I don't necessarily want you in my comfort zone. Mm. I get to decide. I think one of the most rewarding things about becoming a grown woman, mm -hmm. not a child, not a dreamer, not, not trying to hang on to some kind of younger version, which I don't think is the greatest. I was not at my best when I was younger, mm -hmm. is the idea, two things, that I decide that I'm at my, well, I know I'm at my best when I'm comfortable. Not mm -hmm. coddled, not lazy, comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do things on someone else's terms. Right. And let them tell me that I should be uncomfortable. No. Right. I will right. choose the conditions. Mm -hmm. And as far as unsubscribing, I unsubscribe from things that don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to, I mean, this came out of the, the first part of the book, which is how many times do we swallow things that we don't want to? Like, well, you should be uncomfortable. You should do this and you should deal with this and you should be grateful for that. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And no. So the way to check on that is to say, how much of the stuff that you're doing or believing makes you feel real good about yourself or feels like a worthwhile investment of your energy and attention? Mm -hmm. Now, you have a job that doesn't thrill you every day and it pays the bills. Well, I guess you're going to have to stay till you figure out how to pay your bills because that's a grown-up thing. Like You need to take care of yourself. The job is not, but I want it to be a thrill a minute. That's a child's dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I love working for myself. I, it's not a thrill a minute. <laughs> I will tell you. I no. mean, that's not the reason. The reason no. I want to do it on my terms. Yes. That's it. Mm -hmm. So when yeah. someone tells you, well, you need to get out of your comfort zone. I go, no, my advice, if you want to be part of this advice is look to expand comfort. I yeah. want to make I want to become comfortable doing more things, not right. uncomfortable doing more things. Right. Yeah. right. Is there a period of discomfort? Of course. Yeah. yeah. But my goal is not to be uncomfortable. My goal is to be at my absolute best when I feel comfortable. 
Yes. And I have to tell you, that makes a lot of sense to me, Terry, because I think that if you are somebody who like my, you know, my, when COVID started, and we were all completely like basically shut down, right? The country yeah. was shut down. The yep. world was shut down. Very shut down. I recognized that I was stuck. I was like, oh my God, I feel so stuck. And I didn't like that. And what I figured out was what I had to do, I because I really have a thirst for learning. I'm not one of the reasons I love talking to women like you. I love learning from you. And I couldn't get that from being out in the world because that's, traditionally how I was getting it. And so when I just think of it in that context of, for me, what's comfortable is always learn, like always learning something new, which if you think about it, just by nature, that means change. Like you're going, when you learn something, you, it changes you, it changes Mm -hmm. you slightly, but it keeps changing you. Right. So I, I think that's a really interesting point about comfort. And, um, I'm wondering, you want to be comfortable with more, you want to learn more. And so you have more command over information and knowledge. Right. And it just makes like, it just expands your mind. Like there's uh, reasons that we all like what we like. Um, You know, I'm wondering if you can talk to though about this concept of um, self-awareness, because this is something we hear from a lot of women in that they struggle with self-awareness. How does that manifest for people? Do you think that they don't like, so they're, they're really upset. Let's say I'm giving an example. Mm -hmm. I'm really upset, but I'm not really sure why I'm upset. I just know oh. I'm upset or yeah. I'm really, I'm really, this is, this is great, but I'm not really sure what it is. That's great. It's it requ- yeah. like, take it, take a job. Maybe let's put it in the context of a job. Mm-hmm. You know that there are things at the job that you're good at, let's say, yep. and maybe some things you're not, but if you are not plugged into what is it that I'm good at? What is it that somebody else is good at that I need to bring in to help me be better? You talked about working for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It is so much more important when you are an entrepreneur working with yourself with a with other, with a small, relatively small group of other people to be very plugged in to self-awareness of what am I good at? What am I not good right. at? Oh, I, yeah. What drains me of energy? What gives me energy? Yes, yes. Those things. Like, so how do, how... I'm curious if you can if you can share some insights about this. To me, you need to have a certain amount of self awareness. Yes, to do what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. To, oh, to well, a lot of it. A lot of it. In fact, so, um, let's talk about that. You mentioned two things. So it's lear- learning and self awareness. And I want to add that uh, with all the pressure on women around aging and this fear yes. of I'm going to get old, I'll tell you the number one anti aging learning. Yes. If you, you want to show me someone who starts to sound old and feel oh. old, it's the person who decides they cannot learn a mm. new thing. Oh they my cannot God. learn yes. anything new because yeah. you know those friends. I'm like, oh, you should try this app with me so we could talk more often. And they won't do it. As soon as you show me the point at which someone stopped age, uh, someone stopped learning. And mm. I'll show you the point at where they began to age. Because yes. if you won't learn, you're going to do what? You're going to grip oh. on how things were. You're going to dig in your heels. And you're going to come up with reasons why anyone learning something new is bad, stupid, or wasting their time. Oh, and that yes. means you're going to become more and more the crabby, the crabby lady. Yes. So there's that. But mm-hmm. I would also say someone who says to you, I feel like I'm lacking self-awareness to me is not the least self-aware. 
Oh, if you're aware yes. that you're not aware that are you not aware? That oh my God. Yes. Miserable. Right. So if you're worried about not being self-aware, you're probably already aware. It's a matter of what are you doing about it? Yeah. Um, so yeah. in terms of, oh, I can't make someone become self-aware. Trust me, we would love to be able to do that. We can't make people do it. The risk is if you are not self-aware, you are at the whim of these wild horses of mood mm. and reaction and defensiveness, and you won't know why. Yes. And, and you'll never, and if you, and if you are incredibly unself-aware, you also won't be able to take in any advice because you'll say, no, I have to be the source of truth. The yeah. most self-aware person is aware they are not the source of all knowing. Yes. They have to be aware that there are other perspectives that maybe they could do things better. Um, and it, it means admitting two things. One, that you can make mistakes. Mm. And two, that you have decisions to make. Because mm. when women tell me that they're stuck, what mm -hmm. you're telling me is that you will not decide. Yes. Yes. Because they say, well, I'm stuck. I can't do this because I can't. I go, why? Because you're afraid. There's a consequence. There's always going to be a consequence of making yes. a decision. If you don't want to make a decision, I hope you like being stuck. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I, I, I'm so glad you brought this up. First of all, I, I, I very much appreciate that perspective on self-awareness because I think it is so spot on and it, you really did um, give me another way to think about it. So I appreciate that. This idea that self-awareness is something that it, if we, the, we, the, by virtue of thinking that we, we realize that we don't have a great amount of self-awareness, we're probably better off than the person who yes, exactly perfect self-awareness, right? The person who's super confident and thinks nothing's wrong, they might be totally unself-aware, but they may actually be happier than you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, cause we're all that that's, that's a separate issue with women that we love to beat ourselves up. Right. Oh, but yeah. I, I, I would love if you could talk a little bit more than about that, because you, you talk about, uh, I know you've talked before about how women especially um, can be negatively impacted by this idea of finding your passion, right? Why is yeah. it particularly hard for women? Because we're told that we should, well, two things. One, we're told that our job is for to be a, attractive and appealing and non-threatening enough that a man will marry us. And yes, a man, because that is traditionally how everyone saw women. Yep. I know that's changed dramatically. And of course, yep. we all know that many of us don't want to be with men or anyone. Right. You don't need to be in a partnership. You can be very happily single, unmarried, and no kids. Yep. So there's that part. The mm -hmm. pressure is saying you should be appealing and not scary so that someone will take you on. And if you're not with someone, what's wrong with you? So there's mm. that fear for women of being not marketable. Women were on a shelf. Who do you mm. want? Pick one. Mm -hmm. Why are you still on the shelf? You're past your expiration date. That's mm -hmm. incredibly sexist thinking, but that is mm -hmm. how the world evolved. Mm -hmm. And then the other part that's dangerous is presuming that we can only do one thing, that we are somehow a man or God or someone's going to take care of us and tell us what our ultimate meaning is. People have literally said to me, well, I want to do this X, Y, Z, but I don't know what my purpose is yet. I go, oh, I'm going to go figure that out real quick. Like not everyone knows. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be a writer and I didn't know what that meant. And then I was a, worked at a magazine and then I got laid off and I was like, well, I still love to write, but can I do it a different way? And my, the thing that saved me, even though I'm, I've grew up incredibly anxious and rigid was the idea of like, who knows? What if growth mm -hmm. mindset? What if I tried writing mm -hmm. this? What if I did this? Who says he can't do that? Why can't oh I God. do that? And if you choose to see outside of the box of those things, 
Mm. But if I said, well, I can't because this, well, I can't because that. I Once I talk to someone and they give me three cans in a row, I was like, all right, you win. You can't. Bye. Right. I don't know what you want. Oh, well, my God. It. Terry, That's my it. two favorite words together. What if? They're my oh. two favorite words. I love them. Know. Did you know you'd be doing this show? Hell no. No, you didn't and know. That, I, 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 that is exactly not what I knew, right? I mean, it's in a million years, I never thought I'd be doing this, but it is, it makes sense in retrospect because as I said, I love talking. I love talking to women. I think women are in, in endlessly fascinating. And I also love the idea of learning from them. And so this is like, when you put those things together, knowing that this is perfect for me, but in a million years, I would never have seen those other, those two things manifest in this way. Well, and someone else will watch you and say, look at Elisa doing this cool thing. She has this company. She has this show. I want to interview people or I want to, good, please have more women talking. Oh God, yes. But now the cost of doing that is a lot lower. Mm-hmm. Used to be you try to get one of three stations to take you on. It's not going to happen. No. But now anyone can be the host of a show. Yes. Now you also don't probably. I'm going to make a huge guess. Make your entire living on this interview series. No. But some people say, but I want to do that, and I want to get paid to be me. I want to be paid. I was like, okay. Well, we know that these kinds of things are a resource. They're a way to get to know Eliza. A way to get to know me. We get to right. meet new people. We get to meet each other. And now Eliza and I know each other. Like that's a right. new gift in my life. Yeah. Right? And so we have that. Yes. But the world does not owe you a living doing what you love. You must create something of value. I could trot around, do interviews all day. It's not going to pay the bills. So I have to make sure that I do things that people will pay for. If you want to work for yourself, that's the job. And by the way, there's no shame in not doing that. There is nothing wrong with, you know, I know that we're in the shadow of the great resignation and a lot of people are leaving, but that doesn't mean that there's no companies with roles that you might love and you might love to go work at a company. Let's not pretend that jobs are all gone. Right. Right. That's not what's happening here. But this idea that the entrepreneur is the only best way to, no, it's not. It's not. As much as you and I could fall on our knees and say, you have the power, do it. Most won't. And someone asked me on a podcast said, well, why, why not? This is such, we, we can do whatever we want. Like you can, most people will never do it. Why? And I'm not blaming just women. This is a human Mm -hmm. issue, but Mm -hmm. women have particular pressure here because if you're going to claim sovereignty in what you do, then you're going to have to own the decision. You have to make one and you're going to have to make mistakes and own the mistake. And a lot of people would rather say, I can't, I can't, because I have these obligations and do this. Okay, fine. Then don't do it. Don't whine that you Mm -hmm. wish you could have done it. Because the truth is, if you did do it, whatever it is, you have to then own it. You have no one to blame but you. And I think most people will never take that risk. They'd rather complain about everyone than take a real risk. Yeah. Men are encouraged to fall down, get up, keep going. And women are like, don't, don't get yourself dirty. Don't yeah. hurt yourself. Don't do something. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. that we were grown, we were raised that way. Mm-hmm. But in the end of the day, you do get to choose. And if you're more concerned, here's an unsubscribe moment. If you're more concerned with what people think than with what you want to do, then you can spend your life pleasing and do exactly what you're doing now. Yeah. <clears throat> I mm-hmm. choose my critics very carefully. Uh, uh, I keep the people close to me who I want to hear from. I don't really care to hear from anyone else. So I'm real careful. Well, if someone doesn't like me, oh, well, I guess they don't like me. I cannot and will not please everyone. The, uh, this idea that you have to choose your critics 
carefully, to me is, is such enormously valuable feedback. And it reminds me of something that I heard when I was a young kid who came home from school, very upset about something that some of the other kids or someone, one of the other kids had said to me. And my mother in her infinite wisdom said to me, that person doesn't know who you are. If that person knew who you were, would they say this thing? Because it's not, I mean, I know you and these other people know you. We love you. We know that's not anything that makes any sense. Why would you let someone who doesn't know you, isn't close to you, impact how you feel about yourself? Because it's it's consultant mentality. I mean, part of the reason I have work, because we bring in a stranger, me, to tell someone the truth. Because Mm -hmm. we somehow have a love bias where we think people who love us will never tell us the truth about ourselves because they love us. And we'll only get truth from someone else. And so there is a reason why. But Mm -hmm. if you're in a room of people and you go, who hated my book? You want to raise your hand and tell me why? You're going to be paying attention to that, not because you're smarter or better, but because we're wired to seek flaws and to hear about danger things. What didn't you like? Oh, no. And someone will go to serve that. If you go to serve people who don't like your stuff, you are Mm -hmm. doing a disservice to people who do. All right. I need to ask you one important last question. What do you wish you could tell the younger Terry that would do you that would be most impactful for the life most impactful for a young anxiety ridden stomach ache having child lighten up which is what (laughs) my mother told me every time please she'd say honey just try to go with the flow just Mm. go with it but i would go back and say here's a secret no one here is know what the f they're talking about and you get to do what you want and yes. it doesn't actually matter. You don't do any mm. of those things. And the person who did tell me that for real was my Uncle Bob, who was a priest, who I would traveled with him in my 20s when all my friends were getting engaged and married. And I was like, am I supposed to do that? Because I don't really feel like doing that. And he was the first person in my life to literally go, what? You don't have to do any of that. You could teach in the, during the year and travel in the summers. He's like, you can do whatever you want. You don't have mm. to do what everyone's doing. So mm. I felt that I had a little secret. And mm. that secret has served me to the end. Do I feel, well, I missed out or I can't? No. Every woman's life looks different. Mm -hmm. Be willing to create the one that suits you and stop trying to check boxes for other people. Oh my God. That is such wonderful advice. Terry, if people want to follow you and follow what you're doing, what is the best place for them to do that? Well, the best place would be to go, well, if you want to get on my list and just hear what's going on, I try to send funny emails every week, uh, go to terryjustbeshow.com. But I would encourage everyone to check out the book, unfollowyourpassion.com, which is easier to remember. And you can find me on just about every and any platform. I'm easy to find. But the reason to go there, to go to unfollowyourpassion.com is because I have some other bonus material and things for people who are willing to share with me that they got the book. So I really love my readers and I take very good care of them. Awesome. Well, Terry, thank you so much for spending this time and sharing your insights. It is, I learned so much from this conversation and that is, that is what our audience needs and hopefully they will continue to see what you have to say. Thank you. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also join She Speaks at SheSpeaks.com. Thanks for listening. We look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at SheSpeaks.com. Until next time.